When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Liberty Hardy, and I'm little in the middle, but I've got much Backlist. This is episode 13, and today I'm going to talk about a few great titles related to the week's new releases and more. So hello, all you cats and kittens. I have so, so, so many books to tell you about today. But before I get started, I want to tell you about today's sponsor. It is Swing Time by Zadie Smith, the New York Times bestselling novel that moves from Northwest London to West Africa telling the story of two childhood best friends from the multi-award-winning author of White Teeth and On Beauty, and it is now available in paperback. It follows the relationship between two best friends, both of whom dream of being dancers, from their childhood to present day. It's set in London, West Africa, and New York City, and it takes a complex, in-depth look at the struggles of race, class, and gender, which Zadie Smith is a highly respected voice in those fields both in fiction and in nonfiction. This is her fifth novel, and exciting news! She has a new collection of essays called Feel Free coming this February. So mark your calendars. New Zadie Smith in 2018. So exciting. This is in paperback. Also exciting. So again, it's Swing Time by Zadie Smith, and we thank them for sponsoring. Now, speaking of other new books that are so exciting, Little Fires Everywhere, the new Celeste Ng came out this week. She wrote Everything I Never Told You, which everyone loves, and I I loved that one, and I loved this one even more. And I was thinking about books that have the word fire in the title. There are so many. Uh, I've talked about a few of them here, actually. I think, like, Brain on Fire and American Fire and The Fire Lover. So I thought I'd touch on a few more great ones that have fire in the title, starting with The Fire Next Time by James Baldwin, which is his memoir about his early life in Harlem and covers racial injustice. Uh, And related to that, there is The Fire This Time, A New Generation Speaks About Race, edited by Jesmyn Ward, who just had a new book out. So good. Um, This is a collection of essays on contemporary racism and race by tons of today's great authors. There's also Fire Season, Field Notes from a Wilderness Lookout by Philip Connors about the author's sort of self-imposed exile in a fire lookout tower. Uh, There's Girls on Fire by Robin Wasserman, which is a deliciously nasty novel of mean girls in high school in the 1990s. Fire Shut Up in My Bones, a memoir by the journalist Charles Blow, uh, uh, came out a couple years ago. It's about his life when he was growing up in Louisiana and how he became a journalist. And there's Touched with Fire, Manic Depressive Illness and the Artistic Temperament by Kay Redfield Jameson. It's about Van Gogh and Byron and Virginia Woolf and how geniuses always seem to have... Um, some sort of, you know, darkness in them. Um, She is a foremost psychologist, but also she herself suffers from depression, and she has written many amazing memoirs about her struggles. Um, And then there's What Matters Most is How Well You Walk Through the Fire, which is my favorite collection of Charles Bukowski poetry, um, of which there are many, 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 many. Uh, Also out this week is Another Fine Mess, Life on Tomorrow's Moon by Pope Brock, it's a nonfiction book about the future of moon exploration. Um, and I was thinking of books that take place on the moon. There is The Moon is a Harsh Mistress by Robert Heinlein, 
which is about the rebellion of a penal colony on the moon. There's Seven Eves by Neil Stevenson, which starts with the moon exploding. You know, what what the world is going to do when that happens. Uh, Not quite as dramatic. There is Life As We Knew It by Susan Beth Pfeffer, which is like the first in a four series. Um, It's about an asteroid knocking the moon closer to the Earth and what people have to do when that happens. Uh, We talked about Catherine Valente last week. We. I say we like we were having a chat. It was me. Um, And she has uh, Radiance, the book about sort of filmmaking on the moon and all over the solar system. It's this really cool, like, alt-history space opera. And there's also Maggot Moon by Sally Gardner. Super dark YA, set in the alternate 1950s in the motherland, and how the supposed moon landing is the really big thing going on. Not a lot of diversity in moon novels, so if you know of any great ones, please let me know. Um, And moving on, this week, also out, Great dystopian novel, An Excess Male by Maggie Shen King. It's about China's one-child policy and how everyone wanted to have a son under this policy. And now it's the future and there are 40 million unmarried men and how women now take up to three husbands. Um, And I was thinking about some other dystopias. There's, of course, a lot of talk about them since The Handmaid's Tale came out. uh, The TV series, I should say. And starting off is the reissue of The Unit by Nini Blomqvist. It's about a time where women over the age of 50 and men over the age of 60 who are unmarried and childless are retired to this sort of amazing utopia retirement home where, like, everything is fancy and wonderful and great. It's this lovely community. The only thing is that they have to give up some of their organs uh, while they're there. Um, they're used basically for spare parts, and then, you know, eventually they, they give up everything um, and how the main character falls in love, and so it makes it difficult to be there. Um, there's also Children of Men by P.D. James, where the human race is no longer able to procreate, and now it's the future, and the last child born on the earth is now an adult, and what they're doing with that. Um, also a pretty great movie, although I, I just love everything that Chiwetel Ejiofor is in, so that I might be biased. Um, there's Parable of the Sower by Octavia Butler, which is a dystopian American landscape where the daughter of a minister becomes a prophet, um, and she preaches the hope of the new world called Earthseed. It's the first of two in this series. There's When She Woke by Hilary Jordan about the not-too-distant future, where there are no longer any prisons for crimes, but instead people's skin color is genetically altered to match their crimes. And the protagonist of the book, Hannah, I believe her name was, is uh, a murderer. So her skin has been dyed red and how you move about through society looking these different colors. Um, there's also Infomocracy by Melka Older. And it's sort of a cyberpunk political thriller about a new political experiment. And the sequel... Exciting news if you already love Infomocracy. Uh, Null States comes out this Tuesday, September 19th. So watch for that. And I also want to talk about Days Without End by Sebastian Barry. It just came out in paperback. It was my favorite book probably on the man liquor bong list or the man booker long list, however you want to say that. Um, I just absolutely loved it. And so I was thinking about books set during the Civil War uh, Civil War fiction. Um, of course, I always talk about Grace by Natasha Dion and The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead, which was also on the Man Booker long list and also removed in the last round there. Um, but 
Some other great ones are The March by E.L. Doctorow, which is about Sherman's march in 1864 through the South. There's The Good Lord Bird by James McBride, which won the National Book Award in 2013, about a young slave who winds up in the company of the abolitionist John Brown, and the book ends up, you know, with Harper's Ferry's the raid on Harper's Ferry, which was one of the catalysts for the Civil War. Um, excellent, excellent book. If you've listened to all the books, you know, since the beginning, you know that I talk about this next one all the time, but I cannot pass up an opportunity. It is The Alligators of Abraham by Robert Kloss. Uh, about this it's sort of fever dream where alligators actually walk the the land during the Civil War. Love, love, love this book. Love an indie press. So good. There's also The Killer Angels by Michael Shara, which won the Pulitzer Prize when it came out, which is a novelization of the Battle of Gettysburg. Um, but if you like military history, it's it's so excellent. I couldn't believe that it was fiction when I was reading it. I just, it's amazing. Um and also features Joshua Chamberlain, Maine hero. Um, but, you know, said the famous stand firm, ye boys of Maine, which I can tell you from personal experience is a totally different thing if you wear it on a t-shirt when you're walking around Maine. Um, there's also Junius and Albert's Adventure in the Confederacy by Peter Carlson, uh, a fictionalization of the true story of two New York Times reporters who were covering the Civil War and were captured by Confederates. And if you want to read... Some amazing fiction by someone who was actually there. Check out Ambrose Bierce's short fiction. He was actually in the Civil War. Um, and, and you probably had to read that stuff in school. And if you didn't, you should have. It's so, so, so good. And that brings me to today's Dealer's Choice. The other day, the Book Riot Insiders were talking about books featuring cats that advanced young readers could read. Hi, Melissa. And it made me think of this next one that I love so much. It is Tail Chaser's Song by Tad Williams. came out in 1985. Um, I think I actually was homesick from school when I read this. I used to fake being sick to stay home and read a lot. I know you find that surprising. Um, but this one, I think I actually was sick and that I curled up in my mom's bed and it was on her nightstand and, and I started reading it. It's so, so good. Um, it's the story of Free Tail Chaser and his world of cats and the other creatures both good and evil, that inhabit this land, including the furless man. Um, and there's actually a glossary in the back because there's some squirrel speak. Like, they, like he beat Emperor's New Groove to squirrel speak, like squeak, squeaking. Um, but, like, there's all these different words, and it was so much fun to, like, look up, like, what these other animals were saying. And it was my first experience with something like that, and I just absolutely loved it. It's so delightful. Again, it's called Tail Chaser's Song by Tad Williams. And that brings us to the end of today's show, book lovers. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Swing Time by Zadie Smith, out now in paperback and available wherever books are sold. We will have a link to it in the show notes. You can also find a list of books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash allthebooks. If you're a fan of all the books and you want to give us a treat, you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other book lovers to find us. And if you want to talk about books or see pictures of my books or of my cat, Stomach, and Malay, you can catch me on Twitter at Miss Liberty, on Litzy Under Liberty, and on Instagram at Friends and Comes Alive. I'll be back on Tuesday with my better half, Rebecca Shinsky, and all the books to tell you about the week's great new releases. Until then, have a great weekend, kittens, and happy reading. <laughs>